You are listening to the last episode of Back to Work for 2016, a compilation episode featuring your favorite moments of the show over the last 12 months. Each clip was suggested and submitted by you, our amazing listeners. We couldn't have done it without you. We're so glad that you enjoyed the shows this year. We had so much fun making them. And so for Merlin and me, thanks so much for listening. Happy New Year. See you in 2017. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Very well. Are you enjoying a good afternoon? Quite nice. As a follow-up question, how was your morning? Did you have a good morning? Quite, quite a brisk, energetic morning. Brisk mornings are the best mornings. <laughs> One takes one's constitutional in the morning. Has a, <laughs> has a brief breakfast. <laughs> browses the morning papers <laughs> one does enjoy one's mornings oh my god i'm out of breath i'm already i'm winded yeah you need to lay down seriously or? one time one time i need to lay down we gotta do a whole show that way sometime <laughs> just with you in, in repose and just with us both being englishmen at the club <laughs> watch our ass is rather interesting <laughs> Some of the performance improvements should be quite salutary. <laughs> Rather. Uh, I'm reporting live from the floor. I'm buoyant with enthusiasm. <laughs> One enjoys taking one's constitutional on the floor, interacting with one's peers, state of the union. I like that. <sighs> I'm tired. I'm winded. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of work doing that. Yeah. Sometimes talking really wears me out. <laughs> Imagine how the audience feels. Yeah, I know. Yeah, as one rather enjoys hearing the <laughs> blathering on of one who hasn't had so much to say about productivity of recent. <laughs> one enjoys one's constitutional <laughs> listening to podcasts, bulk bag. Yeah. Goldberg chews. <laughs> the Beatles are overrated. Mm. Just, just, just to kind of tweak people. It's like, oh, that, that's really interesting. Like, it's sort of like going, you know what? I never had my tonsils removed. Let's talk about that for twenty minutes. It's <laughs> like, well, what are we going to say about that? Like, okay, you didn't do that. I don't know. People are weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's, it's, uh, you know. And then of course, there's that whole genre now of like the medium post on like why you're not doing something anymore. It's such a strange thing to me. Right. Yeah, like, you know, and I know exactly what you're talking dear about. Dear company, I I guess the most disappointing part for me is that I really trusted you and enjoyed your products for so long. But alas, I will no longer be able to patronize <laughs> your product. Dear Iowa, I have enjoyed your corn and great tracts of flatland, but alas, I shall no longer be able to tread the roads. Dear Sky <laughs> The true tragedy is that you have been above me since the time I was born. But alas, I shall no longer gaze into your heavenly ways. Once you bring in somebody, how can I put this? Once you bring in somebody whose job it is to not be strictly a practitioner of anything but making sure that things are getting done. Um, on time, on budget you know, within resources, all that kind of stuff. You start to, it starts to seem kind of crazy that you never did it that way. And in some ways, GTD may, felt like project, having already been a project manager at that point, GTD felt like project management for how I work because it, it was a way of saying like all these things that used to feel uh, chaotic, uh, uncontrollable, uh, and impossible to understand, let alone govern, right. could actually be dealt with. By which I mean things like feeling overwhelmed by email, um, feeling like you got too much junk and clutter in your house, um, feeling really put upon by the people around you. I think very importantly, feeling disorganized and having this overwhelming sense of like, oh, there's, I've really got to get my poop together here. So I mean, anybody who's ever had that feeling, you, you, know, you know that really sucks. And yeah. it makes it difficult to get anything accomplished. And what GTD does is, amongst other things, is helps to understand that there is... GTD gets kind of famous for a lot of the implementation points. What it, I think unfairly doesn't get as much credit for is changing the way that you think about the way that you work. 
Um, and it may be what makes people think it's kind of a cult, but you realize how much of what you're doing in G, before you do GTD, it, one might wonder a lot about how anything gets accomplished. Cause there's so much stuff that's kind of on your mind. There's so much stuff that you have some level of commitment to. And, and the thing is, before GTD comes along, you may not think of it this way. You just go, Oh, I'm busy. Right. What, what does it mean to be busy? And how long do you want to be busy? How long can you tolerate being busy? Because most people's definition of busy is, I have way more stuff than I can understand, let alone do. And that's probably how it'll be forever until I have a heart attack and die. Right. And with GTD, I think part of it is saying like, well, no, this is all, it is all, even if it's not all doable, it is certainly all knowable. And in fact, there's a responsibility that you have to, have to accept, which is that you need to decide what is going to be in your world and what you're going to do about it and when. So I realize I'm being very abstract here, but you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a pity that GTD is famous as this cult where for people who like lists and apps and stuff like that. You know, one of the best things that GTD does is to say that like, if you're, if it's still on your mind, it's not getting done. So where do you put that to make sure that it gets done? And that's where you get into the process. And there's, there's way more to it than this, but in a nut, the idea in GTD is that you can take, all of that stuff that's floating around in your brain. And by putting it on a piece of paper or in a text file or whatever, you can then make decisions about what the desirable outcomes in your life are. So, you know, there's, there's, in my, this is, this is my editorializing here, but there are two big errors people tend to make in trying to be productive. One is that they come up with goals and ideas for projects that are almost completely untethered to where they are right now, where they've been in the past. And then they get frustrated that that stuff's not doable. Right. So you see, like, oh, I've decided I'm going to become a professional folk singer next month. Well, is there anything in your past that leads you to believe that that's a sane career decision? Well, no, but you know, that's a thing I really want. Okay. So you can either get lost in the clouds with these high level ideas that are utterly untethered from how you actually are as a human being, or more often is the case, you become incredibly mired in all the minor details of stuff you're dealing with. So instead of seeing your desk as a place where you could do something awesome, all you see is a ton of paper that you haven't done enough stuff with yeah. and you feel terrible and you see missed appointments and you see rescheduled things and you spend every day fearing that somebody's going to yell at you <laughs> and now you're, you're in the weeds. So those are two extremes, but what's nice is there, there, there can be a, I don't know if it's even a middle ground, it's almost really a different game, which is to say that like, look, first thing I got to do is realize everything that I'm kind of thinking about or have some level of commitment to. Most of us have, one to six things, I would say, that you could say, I am very much committed to. Whether I like it or not, this is stuff that has to get done. I have to pay the mortgage. I have to pick the kid up at school. Uh, you know, I've got to make sure the card, whatever it is. There are all these things that you're committed to. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that you're kind of committed to. So there's all these little projects and tasks that are like, oh man, I know there's something in my life about tires and I know I feel bad about it. Right. What is tires? What does that mean? And a lot of times you don't take the time to think about it. You spend enough time to fuss about it. And then it goes right back into that same undifferentiated pile of stuff that's mostly just on your mind. You're not doing something about retirement. I know I need to retire. I know I need to think about, I need to think about like, what am I going to do with all, all my kids' books that she doesn't read anymore? Like, oh man, if I don't, there's that leak that we get when it rains really, really hard that we don't get when it only rains a little bit. Should I just not think about it until the next time that it rains really, really hard? Well, here's a trick. is It's very difficult to not think about that stuff. It's always going to just keep popping up like this multiplayer game of whack-a-mole where until you make a decision about like essentially starting out by saying, here's all this stuff that is kind of on my mind that I have some level of commitment to. And here's all these things I have zero commitment to, but I'd love to do. Why don't I put all that in one place? And then out of that derive some outcomes that I'd like to have. So instead of, of waking up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat saying the word tires, go, oh, I need to go to Costco and buy new tires. I could do that this weekend. So the physical activity is I need, in order to get the desired outcome of my car doesn't blow off the road because the treads on my tires are 10 years old, that project becomes get new tires. What do I have to do to get new tires? Oh, uh, I got to find out if those tires are in stock. Okay, which tires? Oh, the tires that I have in my car. Do I know the, the model and the make and all that? Yeah, I've got that. Okay. So what do you do? You call Costco or you check on the website. Okay. Do you have the Costco phone number? Uh, no. Okay. So this is why you have the word tires in your mind because you never realize that tires is really about a phone number. <laughs> That's what GTD is. GTD is going like, what is the next physical activity that I need to do on any number of these innumerable projects in order to get or keep it in motion? And once, and so now I'm skipping over a huge amount of the implementation, but the basic idea is 
The very basic idea is to get to where you have a reviewable set of projects that you are working on and a set of physical activities associated with it. And every new piece of information that comes into your life, regardless of how important it is, regardless of how urgent it is, regardless of how timely it is, it gets the same amount of attention and to the extent possible, a one-time decision about what to do about it, which might in 80% of the cases be, I'm not going to do it, but you've made that decision once. My favorite David Allen quote is, you know, you should never have to think a thought more than once unless it's a thought that you enjoy thinking. Mm. So that's GTD, and that's the appeal of GTD. Um, and then there's a lot more to it. There is like basically a workflow and a system having inboxes in your life that you process on a regular basis. You process that into these different buckets and decide what to do about it. You learn to keep your compost in a different drawer than your silverware, basically. Mm-hmm. You stop having this giant pile of this knotted yarn in your head that you hope you're keeping straight. Try to put stuff into same places, review it on a regular basis, and then think about these different levels in your life. Like there's the runway level of stuff that I need to do like before I leave the office today, all the way up to like, why do I think I'm on the planet? And you can go to any of those levels and then make, like, for example, just because you're not ready to retire for 20 years doesn't mean it's not on your mind. If that's on your mind, even if it's not something you have to do today, where do you put that to be able to keep thinking about it in a way that's sensible? Well, That's here- GCD in a nutshell. Why do you think that there haven't, or maybe there have, and I don't know, so I'd be curious to to hear that too. Why do you think that this still GTD is is the most famous and and probably popular solution for this? Is it because it's essentially perfect? Is it because there isn't a better way to think about it? In other words, I haven't heard of like competing solutions for this it's always kind of comes back to gtd am i just ignorant of the others well i don't i don't know if i agree with the premise but i do take your point um in that it does seem like whereas with something like diets there's a new diet that comes around every few years or there's a new way of working out right you know how many people are still going to tybo right now Whereas there was a time when everybody was going to Taibo. Yeah. Like people do the CrossFit now. And yeah. like that's like the new Scientology. Yeah. So like, but there are these things that come along or, you know, like you can only eat green vegetables in the afternoon or whatever. Like there's some diet that comes along. Uh, so what is it about GTD? Well, I don't know about, about the premise that it's like the most enduring or famous or perfect. But what I will say is one reason I think it has staying power is it answers a lot of problems. It answers a handful of problems you know you have and then even some problems you didn't realize you had. So most people go into, like, for example, there's not that many people who go to AA because they don't have something to do at night and they've never had a drink. <laughs> they go there because they need AA. Right. People don't spend six hours in an emergency room because they like People Magazine from last month. They go there because they need something taken care of. The reason people come to GTD is usually they're at the end of their rope and they're going like, I'm overwhelmed with stuff that I have to do. I'm dropping the ball and I'm starting to get a little bit worried about my mental and physical health. Right. That's a very common thing. And you, people will turn you on to GTD and say, check out this book. And it's, you know, in a very approachable style. So as far as the reasons, the first reason is that from the time you pick up the book and start reading it, and it's, it's, a, very, it's a very gettable book. It's, I think it's, it's very direct and clear. You get the point of what this is. You get the point of like having what he calls mind like water, which is like if you go out to a pond, a pond does not just get agitated because it thought a thought. A pond gets, ag- gets agitated because a stone was thrown in it. And then it water moves exactly as much as it needs to move to accommodate a stone that was thrown at it. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to being still. So like, wouldn't it be great? How do you get to where your mind can be like that? That you're not agitating your own pond all the time. So the book has, I think, a very sensible introduction. Like the first third of that book is amazing. Because like by the time you're through the first third of that book, you're like, of course I'm going to do this. There's, what else could possibly make sense? So it has an appeal to somebody who's feeling very desperate and sad and um, anxious and all of those things. And even before you implement it, you go, okay, I, I, this is not the end of the world. Like I can deal with this. Second, it's extremely sticky because once you do start implementing GTD, there's a lot to do. And it's a big time commitment. And a lot of people just say, oh no, I can't spend three to five days getting into GTD because I'm too busy, mm-hmm. right? Which is like exactly the kind of thing you say when your car is spinning off the road because you didn't get new tires. Right. But once you get absorbed in that, part of it is the, the productivity porn of buying things like label makers and folders and stuff like that. But yeah. that's, you know, that's part of just the, the fish food that gets you interested in it. But it is very absorbing. And you even after a day or two of this, you find yourself thinking differently. In the same way that cleaning out clutter at first is extremely painful, but soon becomes intoxicating. Like you, you want to go find more things to throw out because you're so excited about getting rid of that. So 
it's easy to it's easy to get excited about and see how it works. It's it's very sticky once you get going with it. And I think really even for the first few weeks you ride on a certain high of feeling like you're almost invincible. Like there's so much that you can accomplish with this. You know, even as you may start to realize there is like a a fair amount of maintenance involved. So like if you're doing GTD, I think one of David Allen's points, and once you get to sort of an intermediate even level is if you're not doing regular reviews, you're not doing GTD. You're, you're like me doing a um, kind of a buffet Catholic approach to GTD and doing pieces <laughs> and parts. But GTD is not GTD unless you have regular reviews built in. And a review can feel like a real pain in the butt, whether you're doing great or whether you're doing poorly. But that's setting aside even up to like half a day, but at least a few hours to go through every single thing in your project list, every single thing in your task list. Is there anything that I haven't thought about? Is there anything I should be thinking about? And it's, it can feel like drudgery unless you get into a habit. That's where people start to fall off. Because if you're not doing that, you will find holes in the system. Suddenly you don't have one inbox anymore. You've slid back into having two or three inboxes. Suddenly you're not being as good as making sure that your calendar is up to date. And that's where people slide. Um, I think that's why it endures is because if you're willing to commit to it, it is a system that really, really works. I'm just not willing to commit to it these days. Really? I think. Yeah, and it's not, I don't even know how to say that without it sounding like I'm trying to slag it off because I'm not. If you're in a situation where you're feeling really overwhelmed, you could do a lot worse than doing GTD. It's just that, I don't know. I mean, there's still so much of it that I do. It's, there's so much of it that's in my bones at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outcome-based thinking or, or project-based thinking. It's just the idea that if you take on a project, a project is any desired outcome that has more than two physical actions associated with it, right? So if you think that really encompasses like probably what, 80, excluding basic infrastructure tasks like carry trash out, that's probably 80 or 90% of what you do. And you could have 75, you could have 600 projects if you break it down in the right way, but you know, not, not to where it's stupid. It's brilliant. Like that's, I will never not think that way anymore. Which means that when I take on a new project, I have a very clear idea in mind about what it means to do that and what success will look like when it's done. And then that idea of the next action, which is saying like, in order to keep this thing going, here's the next physical activity I have to do. I don't need to know all 30 things I might need to do for this. I need an updated idea of what the next action is. But even like, here's the thing, and here's the trick. If you're laughing and rolling your eyes about this, think about something as simple as taking out the trash. Okay, take out the trash. That's, that's, I mean, that's so dumb. What could be more simple then take out the trash. So play along with me. This is a Socratic yeah, bit. I'm ready. Okay. Is it trash day today? Oh, no. No, tra- trash day is, uh, is, is Monday night. Trash day was last night. Oh, okay. So what do you need to do about trash today? Uh, nothing, but I definitely got to remember to take that out on Monday night. Okay. So why are you thinking about it on Tuesday? Because it's a thing I got to do. Right. Okay. So if you needed to mow your lawn while you're on a plane, are you going to be sobbing? No, that's where the idea of context and dates come in. So you say like context, these are opportunities or tools or constraints or just things that, that can and should only be done at certain times. So part of it is learning to look at your job, both in terms of projects and in terms of context. Projects are outcomes. Contexts are tools and opportunities to do that. So if your phone battery has died, guess what? No matter how much you want it or will it, you probably can't make a phone call unless you go borrow someone's phone. Okay, are there other things you can do? Yes, I could do these reading things. I could do these writing things. I could do these other kinds of things. You see where I'm going with this. So let's go back to that dumb example of trash and how stupid are you to have something called the trash project? Well, so you don't have to think about that now. Well, do you want to think about it all week? Nope, sure don't. Okay, so maybe you need a reminder to take out trash every Monday night. Yep, sure do. Let me ask you a question as long as we're here though. Uh, do you, uh, when's the last time you bought trash bags? Do you have trash bags? Oh, no, that's right. We got that new um, simple human thing. I need to get trash liners for oh oh so you got a new trash can but you got those uh get those trash bags right no no why didn't you get them just you know it's not monday okay do you know which ones to get because you know the simple human that has to be a special size bag nope didn't do that okay do you know which model number of simple human garbage can you have nope got a way you can find it out yep okay <laughs> here's what you see where i'm going with this it's like there there's a reason you're not doing stuff there's two reasons you're not doing stuff you just don't care and you never will do it or you haven't thought about it enough to know what the next action is. That's procrastination. Procrastination is your mind has moved on and you could care less 
And you're fooling yourself because you feel bad about saying, no, you're not actually going to do this thing. Or you haven't thought about it quite enough to know what the next physical action is. So like, I don't know, like once you, once you face that for six hours with dealing with your work, it's very difficult to go back to, oh, I don't know. I assume it'll work out all right. And it's, it's intoxicating to, to be able to do that. And then once you allow yourself to be that much of a dum-dum and ask questions about, do I have the phone number for this person? Right. Uh, you know, a thousand flowers bloom because you, you, you realize how much stuff you haven't done because there was a secret, super secret hidden dependency that you had not thought about. And a lot of times that hidden dependency is you have just not yet admitted to yourself that you're never going to send, you're never going to reply to this email. But you can't, you can't do that because you're a nice person. And you, you reply to your emails. You reply to your emails fast, even if fast means two years later. You can't get rid of this email. It is now your obligation to feel bad about this email for the rest of your life because you didn't answer it two years ago. So you better keep it with all these other emails that you feel bad about here. And then you get to kind of have your own little ad hoc uh, church. It's like a cathedral in a bathroom. You just to go, get to go and show up and feel sad about your life for a while because that's your albatross and your obligation now. Well, GTD is a way of saying, hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to do this now? Are you going to do it later? Do you need more information? Are you going to not do this at all? Is this actually reference material that goes somewhere else? Because how much stuff can you tolerate in your life that really is just a big bag of I'm not sure? And that way lies madness. So that's why I think GTD endures. Now, so anyway, yeah, so there's that. I just talked a lot. Well, I mean, this is good stuff because I think there is a lot of people who have heard you maybe talk about GTD and who we had that series a while back. Yeah, it was really good. It yeah. was really good. And so what are you doing instead? Well, here, okay, so yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, again, it's funny because I do feel like a lapsed Christian in some ways. We're like, I don't want anything I say to be taken as like I'm not into GTD because it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if somebody says, what comic should I get? And I don't know anything about them. I can always say Saga. If you're an adult, if you're not a kid, like check out Saga. You know, uh, if you don't like Saga, comics may not be your thing. <laughs> if you don't like GTD, you probably don't want to be organized. Uh, or you don't want a big system, at least. Uh, so, wait, now, what was your exact question? What, oh, what, are, you, I, what are you doing instead of GTD proper? One of the challenges, one of the reasons 43 Folders got popular was that it was scratching an itch that enough people had. Not a lot of people, but enough people, which was being usually a geek, uh, usually on a Mac, usually doing knowledge work, wanting to be better at that and not having uh, a way or a a place to learn about or talk about the sort of tools and methodologies for doing that, which now seems bananas, but that's really actually how it was in 2004. So what 43 Folders did was very heavily focused on stuff like GTD. Um as a way of saying, like, here is this toolbox. Here are these different apps that you can use. Here's all of this stuff. What was very clear from the beginning to me was that, to me, was the GT, in retrospect especially, I guess, is that GTD is from a different time. GTD was originally designed to be basically done with a, with a three-ring binder, to basically have a page called projects and another page called tasks. The whole thing of, like, hooking projects and tasks together, I think is mostly a conceit of people like me and OmniFocus. Like, it, that didn't used to be a thing. It didn't used to be that every task had to have a project and a, a context, or let alone a due date or a flag or a whatever. David Allen was like, look, look, if you can't do GTD with a piece of paper, you probably can't do GTD. Because GTD is not about what app you're using. It's about the ability to stay up to date and clear about what you're supposed to be working on, which I think is, is brilliant and true. So, but what did become clear was that the idea of context, so you know, like if you're if you're a traveling um, director level inside of a corporation, you have context like anywhere. There's something I could do literally anywhere, which is like think about an idea, right? You have context like write or type, right? I need a computer or a pen to do that. You have things like call. You have things like used to be. You have a context called office because that's where I do my work. You might even say at work. That's so bananas to me to have a context called at work. That's like I don't know. It's like having like at at blue or at green. It just seems so strange to me. Because I can do my work anywhere. My office is a place. My work is a part of my life. My house is a building. My home life is an entire range of stuff that I have obligations for. So one downside of GTD initially was that things like context were very difficult to uh, adapt to the world of nerds. Because for us, the main context was computer and or web. Right, right. So a lot of the benefit that you got out of slicing all that stuff up, you could burn a lot of cycles trying to figure out like which app you're going to use. Well, that's not really a context. That's you're getting way, way too deep in the weeds when you're doing stuff like at printer. Like that's crazy. 
So that's part of what I sought to do was develop and try to like take certain elements of this that I felt like weren't really addressed in the original GTD. And so trying to find ways to like make this, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't do much to improve on it. David Allen did a great job with it, but just it was a way of saying like, well, if you are a geek, then like, and you're mainly at a computer, how can you still adapt these kinds of things? So that's what that was. So today, why is it not a useful thing? I really am mostly, if I'm doing work, you know, a lot of my job is like, I'm either doing something related to recording a podcast at a certain time every week, or I'm doing something else. So, you know what I mean? I don't have that many different kinds of things to do anymore. So my calendar is a way of saying, here's where your ass needs to be on the plant at this time. (laughs) Right. Your ass must be in this spot at 11 o'clock on Tuesdays. Okay, well, here it is. What does it do now? Well, it talks into the mic and then it does show notes. So the thing is, I don't have that much I need to do. I need to like remember to prep for the show. But for me, it's just the amount of overhead. I'm sure I could still use it, but the immediate usefulness of it is not as clear as it once was for me. I think that's why. That makes sense. They are doing um, deconstruction. I think that's, uh, that's not what they're doing. No. Uh, they're doing, they're tearing things down next door. And sometimes someone is paid professionally to literally bang on the wall for five hours. Right, that's it. That's the Yesterday's job. Roderick on the line. Thank you, everyone, for all the emails. Um, uh, right. Someone was literally banging on the wall. Pum, 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 pum. And then it ended right when you hit stop pum, and the pum, show was done, pum, wasn't it? Pum, pum, <laughs> I'm hitting mute like a sucker. Anyway. We would like to thank FreshBooks for making this show possible. FreshBook understands that the world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed, for the small business owner. And to meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. FreshBooks is what I've been using for years and years and years to do invoicing. I know Merlin uses it too. So many people that I know and work with are users of FreshBooks, and they've made it even better. They've redesigned it from the ground up. It's been custom built exactly for the way you work, for the way we all work these days. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, to get paid more quickly. The new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. It's real. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. You can even see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to that ridiculous uh, guessing game. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to you guys, the listeners of this show. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash back to work. The URL again, freshbooks.com slash back to work and enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section. We really appreciate their ongoing support over at FreshBooks and we appreciate you for listening and checking them out. Again, that URL, freshbooks.com slash back to work. Okay, we should get a couple things out of the way. Um, I, 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 I kind of, I didn't even ask you before I gave you the homework of watching the Stuart Lee show. I should have asked if you're interested in watching that. I know you're very busy and that's fine for other people. It sounds like you haven't seen the Stuart Lee program yet. Not yet. It's, it's still there on my, on my list of things. I would so like we may temporarily or permanently put that aside. All I'm going to tell you, the listeners, is... Um, I'm still going to recommend uh, Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle, especially that first episode as a way to get started. And since then, I have uh, discovered some of his, his stand-up specials. Wow. It is, it is really special. It is, it's, uh, it's really, really something. So hopefully we can talk about that at some point. But um, I, I feel badly that I, that I gave you homework and then kind of pulled an expectation on you. Um, I don't like to do that. To no, people. no, I wouldn't have minded it at, at, at all. This has just been a particularly challenging week for me. You got to remember to eat. It's the eating. It's there's been changes in the whole schedule. Everything is completely different in every regard for me. What the, the what does that mean? Week, what so. changed? My goodness. No, it's so you, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of changes. Everything from you know trying to get I you know I I feel like I've. Uh, for a while been kind of uh burning the candle at both ends for maybe too long mm-hmm. and trying very hard to 
kind of adjust that in a way that is more consistent to create a schedule for myself that makes more sense, that's more balanced. Um, and, and so there have been a lot of things I've been trying to change and it, I still haven't really made sense of it all. And I'm trying to like restructure my, my days and when I get to work and when I leave and what I do while I'm there and how I maximize my time and how I make sure to leave enough time for eating and, and also enough time for home stuff. And basically pretty much every aspect is having to, I'm having to cut things out of it that are things the way that I might want them for the way that I think things should be to, to be more of a healthy balance. And this That's is super interesting. Well, it's very hard. It's hard for me because I'm the type of person who I take a lot of enjoyment in, in the work that I do. And it, it, I realize that like, if you hate your job or even if you're just me, you know, lukewarm about your job, you have these things that you want to do where, you, you know, like work, work ends. Like there's, there's people on this floor here as an example in this building that at 501, there is a mass exodus from, of about 20 to 50 people all at the same time, all talking and laughing and what, and like 501, you know, it's 501 because the herd of people is, is leaving their shift is over. They're done for the day. You know, no one's leaving at 505. You know, that door at five o'clock, they, they're standing up by 501. They're in the hall at the elevator. Right. And I certainly don't have that separation. And I think a big part of it, you know, even back in the days when I did work for other people, uh, it was very much, uh, you know, there was a, I always had a lot of time that was expected out of me to, to devote to the company or to what I was doing. So I never really felt like I was like, Oh, clock out. It's six. I'm out or five. I'm out or whatever. It was always like, I'll leave when I'm done. And when I'm doing something for myself, especially when it's tied to my own ability to make money or provide income or earn, uh, that I will be inclined to work very hard on that. Now, I also like a lot of the stuff that I do. So it's, it's that interesting mix of like that feeling you have when it's late at night and you know that you should go to bed and you're tired, but you really want to watch another episode of Lost or whatever the thing is that you're binging, or you really want to read another chapter of, of your book, or you want to just beat one more level of the, the PlayStation game you're playing or whatever it is that keeps you procrastinating and keeps you from stopping when your better judgment is telling you to stop. Add to that the sense of, you know, determination or responsibility or goals that I've set for myself around the thing that I'm working on. And it's this completely other situation where here I'm working too hard and too long on something at the expense of the other things that I should be working on and or my personal life uh, that, it you know, I get caught up into this into this sort of zone uh, that I've been in for too long. So I'm just I'm trying to rejigger everything and i find that the um, the sacrifices that i make are of course uh, i'm not always happy with the fact that i can't spend time on the things that i might want to do time in a bottle you know hmm that sounds like it's difficult yes but but not doing it is difficulter well not doing it or just sort of letting letting those things determine how and uh, where i spend my time hasn't hasn't been a very good thing i think for me like physically you know what i mean like i've been i've been you know treating myself as if i was 25 instead of you know 43 mm -hmm. and the, the body doesn't always keep up with the mind i guess at some point i don't find either of them keep up with each other <laughs> each one's worse than the last <laughs> yeah well, it sounds like an interesting project. I'd love to, uh, if you, in as much as you ever want to talk about that, it'd be fun to come back to that. Yeah, I definitely do, and it's it's a it's a learning process, you know. Like I'm I'm trying to do things that I wasn't doing before. Like for example, um, I mean, is this boring? Or people do people care? I mean, it's a little boring. It's interesting to me. Okay. No, uh, I I think it's I think it's interesting, and I'm trying to do a similar thing. You know, CGP Gray was talking about this on Cortex this week about uh, this is going to be. He's trying to make he has he doesn't believe in resolutions, but he believes, believes in having a theme, which I think is an interesting idea. And he he described it as this being a year of less, which I think is an, a very interesting idea. A like, year of less. Well, yeah, you can um, you can interpret that in any way that you like, but I mean, I'll toss out a few. It could be less busyness would be one good one, right? Um, 
the reason the reason I'm a little late today is I was just recording uh, the top top scallop show I do with oh, Max yeah. and Alex and talking. We were actually talking about an episode of this show. Oh God, this is it's shows all the way down. So <laughs> talking about that idea of like time constraint versus uh, busyness and like how you know when you get busy. We already covered this, but I think this is germane. Uh, busyness becomes like a, a one bit decision. Where you go from however things are to like, shut it all down. I've realized that I'm busy. I have now flipped the busy bit. And like once you flip the busy bit, like you give yourself permission to be a crazy person. Or you start basically in your situation, perhaps, I'm not saying this is you, but you know, if you get into a situation where you're doing, doing way more, you have way more pieces than you'd like on the table, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. it's harder and harder to maintain all of those things. If you have two or three things that you do, like most people have at least two or three things that they do. You know, could be like family and home stuff. There's work stuff. There's like an activity. There's usually a third place in our life, Starbucks or otherwise. But like the problem is like when that, when all of those start to expand a little bit, you can put up with it for a little while. Like over the holidays, we're all probably doing more things than we'd like. We're spending more money than we would like. We are working on the margins of time and attention Mm -hmm. in a way that we couldn't year round. It would not be sustainable. You can't eat that much. You can't spend that much. You can't be awake that much. And so you only do that for a little while. And in my case, with this year, I was like kind of crashing into 2016 where I'm like, ah, less is good. Yeah. So less could be less busy. Less could mean buying fewer things or buying things in a more mindful way. You know, it's just, it's a way of saying like, you know, kind of how do I level my resources, as we would say in project management, to be putting things where it's effective so that I can, in my case, like I want to create more times where I have a day during the work week where I don't have to do anything. Right, right. That's, uh, and I'm, you know what? I'm okay with that. I know that sounds lazy, but like, you know, to have a day no, where wait, I can why, do wait a minute. stuff. Why do you feel that that sounds lazy? I think that's an amazing goal to have. Yeah, but it's a classic that's fine for Merlin is the thing. It's all great that Mer- you know, Merlin can do that. But, um, but like, for example, this morning, I can tell from my underscore David Smith uh, Sleep Plus Plus app <laughs> um, that I woke up at 648. And I can tell you how I woke up at 648 was that my wife came into the bedroom and said, oh, all the lights are off in the kitchen. So if the lights are off in the kitchen, that means the microwave doesn't work. The coffee making machine doesn't work. Uh, Microwave, the refrigerator is out. The lights in the dining room are out and the overhead light in the lounge is out. They're all out, 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 out because we blew a fuse. And guess what? I don't have another fuse. Ooh. So I'm a ding-a-ling. I'm, I'm now at 648. I'm, <laughs> I'm this guy with a flashlight. Going, <laughs> There's got to be a fuse here somewhere. And now I'm, I'm mad at me. I'm not, I'm not mad at her, but I'm like mad at her for noticing my incompetence. You know, the feeling of being a man and having someone notice you're incompetent. Uh, it's not fun. No. I mean, it's kind of my life. It's, it's a kind of ongoing existential cuckolding that I live with. And so I'm going, looking all through the house. I'm shining the light around like a ding-a-ling. And I realize we don't, we don't have any fuses. Mm. So I have to go to the hardware store that opens at 7.30. So I get to the hardware store that opens at 7.30. Turns out they actually open at 8. Not a big deal. Great place. But I get the fuses. I come back. But like, you know, that's an interesting way to start the day. You know, that, that's the kind of thing when we talk about like having the capacity to deal with things. It's like if everything, if you run your schedule – so that everything stops and ends at exactly a certain point. The reason those people are leaving at 501 is because they can leave at 501. Right. It's not because they have to leave at 501. And they, it's nice. It's, it's excellent. It's a great life thing to have a job where you can leave at a certain time and nobody's allowed to give you the stink eye. Right. But if we all run up to the edges, if we're constantly running just shy, like, like John talked about during the election, John Roderick, mm-hmm. if you don't refill your reservoir, right. whether that's in his case, he called it the, the emotional reservoir, you don't refill uh, if you don't have time to reflect on what it is that you're doing, if you don't have time to just go not have to do anything for a certain amount of time, like I don't think it's surprising that you feel a little bit stressed out all the time because that's the nature of what you're doing. If you're scheduling yourself right up to the rim all the time, if you're a person in your 30s or 40s scheduling yourself right up to the rim all the time, I don't know if that's always sustainable. Take there it from are me. Ways, it is, it's not sustainable. It's It's bad. Because if you schedule yourself – it's like, you know, like my old analogy I, I stole from, um, from what's his head, from Joel Spolsky. You know, if you, if you put all of these blocks in the box, right? So if you think of all the things you want to do, choose to do, have to do, all the things you have some level of commitment to, you've got a box that's a certain fixed size in terms of cubic inches. If you walk around with that box 80% full, if you start every Monday morning and end every Friday afternoon with that box 80% full, some dumb stuff is going to happen. One of those things is you do not have room for another big block mm-hmm. without getting rid of some of those blocks. You're also, in the fullness of time, going to start to feel a heaviness. 
because that how many of those blocks have you actually gone back and looked at because you're maybe it's in the same way that you would move boxes around from college that you never open, which I have done. So I guess I'm sorry, I'm going on at length here, but I, I'm sympathetic to what you're talking about. And I'm I'm working on something somewhat similar where I want to work a lot, a lot more at this one kind of thing. I'm ready to be a little bit more exhausted at a certain kind of working. It's not actually that difficult. I'm ready to do more of that. But I also then when I want to have I want to have a green field over here for the times that I'm not doing that. And, you know, I find that very challenging. For some reason, I don't know what happens. This is not just you, but it's everybody in my life. At some point, everybody gets must get some notification on their phone that I've left work and I'm now doing something with my daughter. Like last night, <laughs> making meatballs. I'm making meatballs. My daughter and I are wrist deep in, in pork, beef, and Parmesan cheese. And suddenly my phone is blowing up oh, with man. all these people who have something to ask me. I don't know why that happens, but like it does. Like well, there is an app whining. that we're using for that, you know. <laughs> Blow up Merlin's notifications. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's you but, gotta sideload it. But anyway, I'm not sure what the point is, except to say I, I honor that because first, again, always with me. Starting by realizing that it's something you want to get better at is a huge step. Realizing like I don't want to live like this all the time because again, you're walking around with that box. Like, is it making you happy to have that box eighty percent? Well, I have to have it that way. Well, do you really know that you have to? Have, do you know? that you have to have it that way? Or is it something you've just believed for so long that you've decided that that's your yoke in life is, is to like, is to uh, have to do that. So I don't know. I honor that. Well, he's the guy who's only sure that he doesn't like now. He's confused about the past. So big week. (laughs) I made a list of things I don't really have anything else to say about productivity except give yourself a break and try not to be scared. I don't think I don't think my method for this is too novel, but I've had pretty good success with it. And that is that most times now when you get a salad, it comes from one of those plastic. You know what? This is not interesting. But but yeah, score your bingo card. But but here's the thing. What I'll do is I'll get me a salad from the self-same place. And I'll bring it back. So my daughter gets a turkey sandwich. I'll give me a salad. And uh, what I do is, uh, first of all, I think you can always use your own dressing. If you don't have your own dressing, you can use their dressing. You are under no obligation to use all of the dressing. That's important. But here's what I'll tell you. You use some of the dressing. You open up the lid. See if there is a mostly acceptable uh, disbursement of ingredients. Right? So, like, have they already pre-tossed it a little bit? Or is it all just a bunch of stuff sitting, you know, you're going to need to, you need to do a pre-jiggle. Okay. So if you want, if you don't want your, if you want your stuff to be like a, like a school cafeteria, you know, with segments in it, then leave it alone. But what I would do is a pre-shake and here's how you shake your salad. You shake it like this. (laughs) That's me going like back and forth in front of me. I'm holding the lid and I'm going back and forth on like a horizontal axis on like an X axis away and toward me. Shooka, 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 shooka. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Now you're still holding this with, with your hands. You're keeping the top on fast. Now you do a tapa, 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 tapa. And that's where you're going to kind of going up and down. Right? So you got shooka, 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 tapa, tapa, tapa. Do another shooka, shooka, shooka. And now if this has worked, the salad in the plastic dingus is starting to look a little less like a square and maybe just a tiny bit more like a, like a chaotic pitcher's mound. If you're doing this right. <laughs> So here's when the magic happens. Now you start doing that in a circle. Shugada, 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 shugada. Now you're ready to put on your dressing. And you're, you're going to repeat this after the dressing. Here's what you do. You open up the top. You drizzle across a lot of the salad. You don't throw it in in one big pile. You drizzle, drizzle, drizzle. All right? Uh, around the top of the salad. You close the box. Can you guess where this is going? You flip the box over. Open the verso side. And you drizzle a little bit there. Now, optionally at this point, if you're really cool like me, you could put in a little bit of, of an additional seasoning. Or you could put in some kind of a pepper that you like. I'll put in some MSG because that's how I roll. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I make my own uh, Popeye's uh, Cajun Sparkle. I make it, make it in my house. And so I, and I'll put MSG, that on a lot you, of you select, you choose for it to put MSG? My daughter and I call it, call it secret salt because it's, we tell mommy it's salt, but it's actually MSG. Yeah, yeah. So I make my own uh, Cajun Sparkle, which has MSG in it. But you, you know, I have regular MSG too. I buy Accent brand. You can, so you, I'll, I'll, I'll accept follow up questions on this. Yeah. So, so then now you repeat everything you did with your new, new dressing on there. 
You're going to go shooka, 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 padum, 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 shooka, 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 flip it over. Do this again. If you can't really see the dressing in one place, you've succeeded. You are now cleared for salad. <laughs> and that, my friends, is how you toss a salad. Are there any questions at this point? The only, I like your, everything you just said sounds yeah, very so you, good. you there. Yes. But I'm stuck on the MSG thing. I'll tell you what's pretty baller. Sending faxes from the command line. Oh, yeah. I just Wasn't saw that him cool? do that in Mr. Oh, yeah. I've never oh, done that. Oh, my God. Elliot, that is so baller. I've never done that. Have you done that? Yeah. No. Now no, I'm going to do it. No, no. I used that. Uh, I had that fax service everybody used for a while. Hello. But Hello. Hello, fax. Hello. That is that one? what it's called? There is, hello. Hello. There was a hello fax, yeah. Hello. Hello, I'm inside your fax machine. Really? What are you doing, man? I'm here. Sometimes people will say to you they have to send you a fax and then you have to fax it back. Well, that's really weird, hello fax. That doesn't happen that often. I know. Just often enough to make you feel crazy. Wow. Are you always there, hello fax? Yes, I never leave. What do you What do you do at night? I watch you sleep. Why do you watch me sleep? That's kind of creepy. You look like a baby when you sleep. By the way, still no faxes. You should sleep. You look like a baby. Thanks, Halifax. <laughs> we have more questions about Bok Bok. A lot of people are curious. They want to do what they just want to be part of it. They want to be oh, no. connected yeah. to the, what we're doing. I'll um I'll I'll, uh, I'll just spoil it by saying that um when I was a child, I assume when Dan was a child, there was an ad that would run at Easter time every yes. year. Yes. And it was a really, really cute ad for, uh, what was it, Cadbury eggs? Cadbury cream eggs. Cadbury cream eggs. Cadbury cream eggs. Cadbury cream eggs. You don't want the kind that don't have cream. Don't hold the cream. <laughs> Title. <laughs> and it was just this really cute, it was a really very effective 70s ad that uh, we, we, you saw, one saw, one see if one's advertisements. <laughs> over and over and it's just a bunch of little kids with easter baskets going thanks easter bunny thanks easter bunny and then if memory serves it ends with one kid in a, in a particularly funny way going thanks easter bunny well he's dressed if i remember right he's been dressed kind of and I, in my mind this i think later i connected this whether i and now i don't know which one came first the cartoon <laughs> the i mean the, the commercial or the, or the but in the christmas story when ralphie's dressed as the uh, yeah. in the in the bunny suit I drew a connection to this in my mind at some point, but the child has been dressed yeah. as a little chick. Yeah, it's one of those things like quicksand and gorilla suits that was everywhere in the 70s, and no one knows why. <laughs> but anyway, I, I don't remember exactly how it goes, I, but I very distinctly remember at the end, he goes, thanks, he's a bunny, and then he goes, bok, bok. Bok, bok. And makes like a, like a chicken. He's like, and he's moving, I believe he's kind of flapping his little wings in the costume. Oh, oh so cute. Yeah. Uh, and so at some point when Dan would, or I would finish an ad read, this is the literary substrat of back to work. When Dan would finish an ad read, we'd say, thanks sponsor for, you know, supporting uh five by five and back to work. And then at some point I started saying, bok, bok. And then, uh, that's why we say that now. Yeah. I think, you know, our, our minds are like a fret, uh, can, can be like a fretful parent that yeah. wants to try and protect us from what it perceives as harm or negativity. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something that might be useful to know. So like, like in that case, I think when you, when one feels overwhelmed, it's almost every decision or task feels equally impossible. Yes. Cause it's, you know, if you get into the, and you know me, I'm always with the emotions and the state of mind ideas. Like, right. I think if you don't stop and go like, wait a minute, like, or let's say if I arbitrarily had to break this into like, what is the easiest thing here really? Or what is the hardest thing on here really? It might be really surprising that there's something on there that you have spent three years avoiding that might actually take two minutes. I feel like this whenever I call somebody at our house, almost always, when I call somebody to fix something at our house, I'm like, I can't believe that like for a hundred bucks, this person came and fixed this thing that hasn't worked for a year. It's not like our quality of life was that degraded, but like it's so silly to me that I live with that for so long without having them just take care of it. Right. But like when you feel overwhelmed, I think you lose that capacity and you go into bunker mode a little bit. And, um, you know, in, in your case, having these tools and understanding what they're for is really important. Right. Because, you know, you think about like, what's the difference between Apple Maps and Apple's Contacts app? Well, they're, they're both about locations, right? Well, yeah, kind of. 
but you know, I, they, I use them for different things. The contacts keeps track of all the information for people that I know and lets me then use that information in the map app to find it. But you know, only only a a, a very unsophisticated person would think that they're both equally useful for the same thing, right? Right, you know, the whole thing of like, you know, when your only tool is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, but, you know, and that may sound like I'm, like I'm being glib, but I think a lot of us end up doing that. You know, we might end up fanning ourselves with the map and uh, using the contacts app to try and open a lock. Like, that's not what it's for. So, you know, when people use their calendar as a to-do list or they use their email inbox as a to-do list, I, I'm, I'm amazed their life isn't in flames. Like, that's, that's bananas. Why would you use a source of input as a way to decide how you're going to spend your day? That's that would be very odd. That would be like me saying, like, I feel like I can't tell you what I have to do tomorrow until I check check the mail today. Like, well, why is that? Why are you four? That's that's crazy. Uh, I would much rather talk about Doctor Who, like anytime mm-hmm. or 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 whatever. Like, I would much rather talk about things we both something we can find that we we, we are both excited about in in popular culture is is my favorite thing to talk about. Like, I don't know. To me, it would be a busman's holiday. Like I, I get enough of people's naked, boring personalities on the internet every day. Let's talk about something fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, that's unkind. But like, I, you know, I have to say this does feel like a dude thing, and I mean, it's probably true for women too. But like, just men are just so insufferable about this because they have men in America have grown up in this culture of achievement and in this culture of like you've got to go prove you're the alpha dog or whatever those dinglings call it. Like, it's there's just this constant pressure to go out there. And like, go pee on every rug and feel great about it. And it's utterly exhausting to me. And it is kind of toxic masculinity that I think even if you don't choose to adopt it as part of your life, you can't help it be affected by it. Again, it's going to be one of those things. Like if you're, if you're a woman, um, which about half of you probably are, uh, you're, you're finding things that you've got to deal with, whether you like it or not. You don't get to decide whether people are going to decide. You don't get to decide whether people get to evaluate you based on your looks and your hair. Um, you don't get to be a non-combatant. You don't get to hold up like a yellow card and go, please, let's just not, not even please, like we're not going to talk about that. You don't yeah. get to do that. And I think that it's another one of these cultural pressures. Now, we can choose to be aware of that. We can choose to game that. We can choose to capitalize on that. We can choose to fly in the face of that. But what none of us can afford to do is act like that doesn't exist. Mm. So to me, and that's, and if it feels like there's an implicit pushback I'm sensing it's because I feel an implicit pushback all the time when you talk about these things. Because there will invariably be people who, understandably, will say things like, yeah, well, I've got to pay the mortgage and I've got to do this. And I've got-. You do. You do got to do all of those things, except kind of, maybe, sort of. Like, you've got to do everything exactly the way you're doing it until you eventually realize you don't got to do it any particular way. And that things are going to happen in your life that end up screwing up your whole plan. <laughs> for how things are going to go yeah. and be prepared for that day because if it goes away i've been in this position where i've lost my job and felt like i did not have an identity anymore because that's who i was i made this much money i had access to these kinds of tools and i got exactly this much like aloha from the community because of this kind of work that i did and like the thing is though that's that's a costume you get to wear for a while like don't count on that thing being if you put all of your eggs into that basket and expected to stay in exactly that arrangement and never mm-hmm. have any of those eggs break. Wow. I mean, then you're probably 22 because believe me, those eggs are going to break. Mm. Boy, what a karma suck thing to say. I guess, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is this uh, ideas don't have to hurt. Ideas shouldn't hurt. Imagination shouldn't hurt. Imagination can hurt if you end up creating a lot of demons to haunt yourself with, but. Uh, thinking about the way you'd like your life to be is not a crime. That is not a, that does not yet count as a thought crime in this country. <laughs> you're allowed to think about how you would like things to be different. And it does not, you are not being, uh, disloyal to anyone in your life to allow yourself a moment's repose to think about how you might like things to be different. Cause here's the thing. Here's this, here's the spoiler is that things are going to change whether you like it or not. And no matter how much you're invested in the person you'd like to be right now and feeling like your end percentage toward becoming that person, getting acknowledged for that, that is zero insurance policy for what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, keeping a little bit of fungibility, at least in your imagination, can be one hedge against the future because you're open to the idea that things will change. And you probably won't be killed and you probably won't be destroyed, but you will change. You will become a different kind of person and having some combination of strength, humility, and imagination can take you a long way when that day comes. 
And if you've already been thinking about it and making changes, well, then you're, aloha, you're already further along. Mm -hmm. Is a thing. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And it's, (laughs) well, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about because a lot of the time I think this sneaks up on people. You know, a lot of the time I think it's, it's not until you lose a job, like, you know, both of us had the, the fortune of doing back in the dot com time period where we like had a thing that we were doing and like we were this and we were part of this thing. And then you come back and like, well, the whole company's gone now or something. And you like you really have to sit down and figure out what what it is that you're going to do and what it is that you're going to do next. And for me, there was always that kind of panic of like, oh, my God, like I got to figure that I don't have time to like figure stuff out. I need I have only have time to find the next job, you know. And I think so much of what I spent my early career doing was just going from one thing to another, always with the idea that, well, the next thing is, is going to be better, or that'll be the thing that I really like to do. You know, oh, I'm sick of IT. I don't want to do IT anymore. I want to write code or I don't want to write code anymore. I want to, you know, whatever. And it was kind of that shift going from one thing to the next thing. Because I, 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 I think part of it was I was trying to build my identity to myself through what I spent the bulk of my time doing in the day. What you've got to do. I mean, to get, to get that phrase from AA, fake it till you make it. Yeah. I mean, you have to inhabit the sort of role that you'd like to eventually, if you want to end up becoming a more kind person, that starts by acting more kind, even if you don't feel that kind. Right? You don't, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just that, that, that is definitely a journey. It really is the whole thing is a journey in a weird way because like it always seems like you should know that you're on a journey when you're on one, but you don't. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, that, it's, it, it's true, but like, I don't know if I don't mean to keep bringing it back to the same dumb point, but like the, there's that phrase, you know, being in a rut. Um, and I think a rut does not have to have a negative connotation because how different is a rut from a groove? We like being in a groove. We don't like being in a rut. Suddenly, I'm a 70s self-help guy. Uh, here's what a rut – when I think about a rut, though, I have a very clear idea in my mind about what, what a rut is and how it gets caused. I think very specifically of a Conestoga wagon going down a muddy path, not even a road. But like if you're on a Conestoga wagon heading west – you got all your stuff in there. You got this big heavy wagon and these big wheels. Those wheels are going to make um, tracks in that mud. And it's almost like E.O. Wilson's ants. Another Conestoga wagon is going to come behind you. And they're going to be going in like roughly the same path that you are. Maybe that mud starts drying up. But pretty soon, you know, a couple dozen of those Conestoga wagons going through there are going to create exactly two lines roughly mm-hmm. maybe it's, it's going to be a little bit larger than the width of the wheel but at that point anybody who goes down that road is going to have a very difficult time not riding in exactly the same tracks that the first series of conestoga wagons created and that's what a rut is like a rut is when you find yourself not even impo- finding it impossibly easy to get into this one place uh and then not being sure that you're even in that but then realizing you can't get out of it and that's, that's a crummy feeling, but it starts with realizing that you might be in a rut. And in a rut in that negative connotation then starts to mean that like you are, you know, it could be that your life is chaos, but in order to serve your life of chaos, you are now doing things repeatedly by rote that are not making your life better. They're merely serving the thing that you're stressed out about. So when you start having this debtor in your life that is basically the thing, the center, the job, the whatever it is, and everything else gets thrown at that, that's sustainable for a while. I would not want to have 50 years of that. I would be cautious about that. And, you know, because of things like what, sunk cost fallacy, as soon as like you are the most invested and stressed out of your job, like maybe some people would feel compelled to quit, but that would cause a lot of people to just want to double down because now you're you really are invested in that. So yeah. I'm just I'm just saying have some presence of mind about it. There's nothing wrong with be, having aspirations. There's nothing wrong with wanting things. And there's nothing wrong with sacrificing in order to get things. But but just be careful that you remember how much you're giving away in the service of those things. And, you know, yeah, like I say, every minute weighs the same. That's all. 